Welcome to episode number seven of For Fit's Sake, the podcast brought to you by FS Gyms. This week, myself and Rudz are going to do something a little bit different. We've got the audio file from the Fresh Resolutions Conference. Uh, we're going to give you our key takeaways, pull it apart a little bit and see if you guys enjoy it. Let's get stuck in. How are we doing, Rudz? All, all good? All great. Um, just off a nice little weekend there. Um Managed to get our first win for Mary's in a oh, while. Oh, Mary's! Yeah, so that was fantastic. We uh, managed to beat Corcon, who were second in the league, 18-16, in a really, really good game. So um, Weather suited the, you, the lucky, we- windy. The weather suited me, but I don't know if it suited uh, Mary's as a whole. Cork, uh, a big, big side. So, um, no, we were delighted with it. We worked really hard for three weeks, and all that hard work paid off because we were definitely very fit for doing um that was your remember work. the titans kind of hell sessions you were talking about a few weeks ago paying off exactly that that was money in the bank so yeah um and you boys had a good win yeah yeah, yeah. not that this is not a rugby podcast for now but i suppose fairly topical and what's going on with us a minute we had uh but yeah had a good win against tolo there yesterday um terrible weather like really strong wind it was just one of the big cliches a game of two halves we were into we had the, a gale with us in the first half and then back into it in the second but it's good it's kind of good the two of us getting sort of big wins at a good time but always everyone's kind of bouncing around work on a Monday morning much better mood out about the place so it's kind of it's good that we can feed off each other for that absolutely and uh, your t- Tiger's back so oh wow that was think. that made my weekend I'm not going to lie uh, I had the house to myself for the weekend uh, Tiger Woods making his comeback uh Played well on Thursday, made the cut on Friday, um, he had to birdie the ninth hole in Torrey Pines, which uh, obviously I birdied when I was there, no big deal, um, so it was great to see that, but um, yeah, it was cool to see him coming back, he was like, building well for probably a big year ahead for him, hopefully he gets himself in good shape for the Masters, make golf a bit more exciting for everybody. Absolutely, talking about exciting golf, um, I was giving Carl a lift to work the other day, <laughs> and uh, he, he informed me of a little fact um, Carl Cosgrove from the gym yeah. Coach Carl Coach uh, Carl you okay. told me of a little fact uh, do I want to know this I feel like it's coming at my expense in some way possibly <laughs> apparently you're okay. better than Tiger Woods okay yeah <laughs> um, well like the golf's a game of stats There's yeah. like stats are big in golf um, we played Tory Pines when we were over at the My Body Conference in the States Um we played the South Course, myself, Mikey, uh, Craig and uh, Carl, Hot Soup. And uh, yeah, I was level par for the first three holes on the South Course. And when Tiger played them on Friday, he was one over. So that, it though, back so I am a better golfer than Tiger Woods, I think. And if the sunlight uh, hadn't run out, you definitely would have We, we would have stayed on, yeah, yeah. We ran out with sunlight because we actually snuck from, we, we paid to play the North Course, <laughs> uh, which is not the US Open Course, and we sort of ran across with the, when the sunlight was fading and played the first three holes. It was pitch black by the time we got to the third, but uh, yeah, which made my, my getting round level power even more impressive, probably, because it was so dark. But uh, enough about rugby, golf, uh, all-round sports podcast. Um, what have we got happening for the podcast this week, Rudds? So today we've got an awesome one. We've got um, the fresh resolutions that you were moderating at moderating. In, in January. We've got the audio from that. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it due to rugby commitments, so I was gutted not to be there. But I got the chance to listen to it last night when he sent it over. And I thought there's loads and loads of really good take-home points that people listening to this can get out of it. And maybe some things we've touched on in the past and maybe a few different ways of looking at things. So... I thought it would be really interesting for us to share what you did uh, 
with the guys and um, then maybe we could talk about some of the key points afterwards and uh, summarise some of the few things that we pulled out of it. I'll definitely give you my take-home points. Yeah, it was awesome. And even getting the opportunity to listen back to it, um, like some of the things, obviously, when I was kind of in the moment trying to keep the show on the road, it was hard to sort of take in a lot of what the guys were saying. But so much of what, what was coming up and what's topical is things that we've discussed already on the podcast. So, uh, again, but slightly different take on it. Um so yeah, really excited. We'll roll the footage now. It's myself, Rob Lipset, Siobhan O'Hagan and Stefan Fusco. Um, just a quick disclaimer, uh, it's obviously recorded in the the concert hall in the RDS, can, you know, it's a big venue. The sound the sound is great for the most part, but there's maybe I think Rob has given a nice little analogy about um kind of halfway through just what thirty seconds it drops a little, but uh these things happen. These things happen yeah. in a, a large venue, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. We'll catch you back in about 40 minutes. First off, January fresh resolutions. Uh, I had a little bit of a chat with you guys backstage and looking at you online and everything. But I'm sure from speaking to a few people beforehand and getting some questions in during the week, people want to know what your goals are for 2018 and how you go about the process of setting them. So I'll start with you, Siobhan. What, what, what's your goals for 2018? And when you're sitting down to lay them out, how do you go about it? I suppose now I'm trying to take a little bit more of a balanced approach. This time last year I was starting my competition prep, so you know it was very, very specific goals. Now it's like, I just want to get as lean as I can while eating as much as I can. Um, I love my food, I love my training. Um, so it's always just trying to make sure that I enjoy what I'm doing. And you know, you always talk about mindfulness and it comes down to always being, kind of looking after my happiness first. And I know that's very blasé, but... Um, I'm just taking a different approach this year. When you're trying to lay something like that, because that's something that from speaking to people and working in the industry, people want to live a balanced lifestyle. They want to be happy. They want to be healthy. They want to enjoy their training. How do you sit down to objectively lay that out at the start of the year? Okay, these are my goals. I want to be happy. Have you got metrics that you, like, how do you track that yeah, stuff? Yeah, so like I always say, like, dis- discipline leads to freedom. So by, you know, planning and preparing as much as I can, it means that, you know, I can allow for meals out at the weekend. I can be a bit more free when I want to be but you know at the same time I'm not like eat everything you want all the time you know so sometimes it might sound like hashtag balance is used too much at the same time I am very goal focused so I will do what I need to do I will prepare and plan and count and weigh food but if it means that I can go out with my friends the weekend and be a bit more flexible I just know when I want to incorporate the balance and plan around that. Yeah, that's, that's a skill that people have to build as well. And yeah, that, that yeah. only comes through practice from doing that for a long period of time. You can't just go, okay, I'm going to enjoy this balance all of yeah. a sudden. You have to, it's balanced, but it counts both sides of the equation. Um, so then, Stefan, for yourself, what are your goals for 2018? Yeah, I started out doing uh, martial arts, competing competitively. So I want to get back into that a little bit more this year after starting my own business and building it up all throughout last year. Um, Obviously, we're building up a business last year. I put a lot of time into that, so I need to go back and do a little bit more travel, take a little bit more time for myself, take some holidays, and you know, really look after myself a little bit more this year as well. Like, uh, scheduling holidays, scheduling trips, that's how we'll look at that this year. Like. Exactly. And finally, Rob? Um, yeah, uh, this, this thing, it probably is not. Rob doesn't even like it. I did that on purpose. Yeah. Like, turn the volume down, Rob. Um, but yeah, so New Year, same me. You know, I just want to uh, take what I did in 2017 and amplify it a lot more, do it on a larger scale. Uh, so I'll be coming out with an app in the next week or so. Uh, you know, I want to, again, keep up uh, traveling somewhere every month, a destination I really want to go to, and uh, of course, make more content. Uh, I feel there's a lot left in me and there's a lot of untapped potential that I I can go into, uh, especially on YouTube as well. 
Um, so I want to aim to do you know more videos per week, and uh, which in turn just grows my business and myself as a brand. Uh, so just everything that I did in 2017 on a larger scale. And like that's a good thing to mention is obviously the content you're putting out there. That's kind of how you you kind of hit it in a big way is what you're doing on YouTube. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that's it. That's the, the fundamental. You know, if you make the content, that's everything else goes along with that. But the good thing about the content is, and for people who follow Rob or who follow Siobhan and Stefan, not so much. By the way, a good point is myself and Rob have half a million YouTube subscribers between us. Something <laughs> I'm very very proud of. He has over all of them, but pretty much it. Um, but uh, like that's the thing, is the content that you get, you're putting out, it, it actually helps people and inspires people. And like there's a big difference between people who inspire and people who just have things that people can aspire to. So to live a certain lifestyle like Rob, where he travels, what work he seems to do, what he likes every day, there's a difference between people aspiring to that level and you actually inspiring people to get into yeah. gym and train and create good content. So yeah. I think that's an important distinction for people to make. It's very important. I would say everything should be mutually beneficial, right? So people are giving me 10 minutes of their day to watch one of my videos. So what am I going to give back to them? You know, you, you got to give something back. You got to give information, entertainment, motivation, inspiration, anything. But it has to be mutually beneficial because people are giving you their precious minutes. And you're, you're giving them a lot of energy for sure. That's it, you know, <laughs> you put out good energy and come straight back to it. Yeah, uh, and I'm feeling it. I'm very close, I'm feeling it. There you go. Um, blow up here. <laughs> <laughs> he was told several times to be shushed down the back. I was like, let him go. Yeah, 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 not by me. But, uh, so then when you are laying out those goals, Rob, obviously taking everything to another level, because this is what people really want to know that are here, is like it's in all the, the, the ads for fresh resolutions, is how to set goals that will be more sustainable throughout the year. Like what are the most common problems that you see when people sit down to do the goal setting process? Well, of course, you know, we say set realistic goals, okay, uh, which is important, especially in fitness and body composition. But, you know, I, a lot of stuff I say, it'll be contradiction to itself because, you know, uh, when there's two sides of the coin, the answer often lies in the middle. So, yeah, set realistic goals, but don't be afraid to dream big and, you know, get a bit ridiculous from time to time. It's also really um, important to find why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, why in goals? You know, like that's... Uh, sometimes people are like, I just want to lose weight. I'm like, but why? You yeah. know, you have to picture... You know, you want to be able to maybe run around after your kids or, you know, and it's when you when you get the feeling of why you want your goals, it's easier to stick to them, I suppose, um, yeah. and to, to, they seem more realistic then when you actually vision where you'll be, rather than just saying, I want to lose a stone. Yeah, that, that ties in perfectly to your point about, like, I think I got it from your Instagram this year, I'll just focus on feeling good. My goal for 2018 is to maintain lean physique while traveling, striving for the hashtag balance you talked about. Like everybody in the audience wants that. So when you sit down for that, do you think, right, what are the daily actions I need to take to, to monitor these? Or like if, if someone is sitting down in the audience to plan that type of goal for the year, what advice would you give them? I think, you know, to be consistent rather than perfect um, is a big thing. Um, you know, making smart, smart choices. Like, you know, obviously, as I said, planning and preparing is so important. But like if, if something goes wrong, don't throw it all away. Uh, like I was always so guilty that you know once I've gone over my macros, okay, well nothing counts now, you know. So, I, yeah. but every little decision you make does add up in the long run. So, you know, people ask about motivation and the big secret to like you know changing your body composition, but I think a lot of people know it. Um, they don't realise that it comes down to saying yes or no to these things. Maybe to not going out on the drink every weekend. Uh, I think some people might think. They are doing the best without, you know, like me, for example, I used to think, yeah, I'm good 90% of the time. It's just the weekends. And I, like the mathemat mathematician in me, I was like, Friday, and Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday are 42% of the week. So, you know, 
it's tidying that up. It's cha- and I think to do that, you have to change your lifestyle. Um, there's no point in saying, yeah, I just won't drink every weekend when all your friends are going to the pub and so you're just going to sit in because you want abs for the summer. Like, it just won't be realistic. Well, that, that's kind of what Alison was touching on in her talk earlier as well, is responsibility and ownership. It's, you have to take responsibility of your actions throughout every, every minute that yeah. you're, you're alive. Um, so, like, taking responsibility of, okay, I'm deciding to go and enjoy this weekend with my friends. Go enjoy it. Live it to the most. But straight away the next day, there's no excuse. It's not that all-or-nothing mentality. And what you said about being consistent, not perfect, like, that's a big thing for everybody here is, like, to progress consistently, not seek perfection all the time, that that's what's going to ultimately lead you to the goals, especially in a goal like that that's not very clear. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's about balance and lifestyle. And then, Stefan, obviously, with some of the... You're training some of Ireland's most influential fitness bloggers. Like, I see some funny things online about when you're training these ladies, you get some, like, negative comments about how it's easy for them and they've got natural physiques, all that kind of stuff. How, how do you find it with setting goals with those ladies where, like, appearance might be a big part of, of their goals at the start of the year? Yeah, it's always a big part of their goals. Like, you know, it's a big part of their life. Like, but it's the same with everybody else. Like, you set realistic goals, you take your time, you plan it out. Um, you make sure that they're not trying to take on too much too soon, the same as everybody else. It's a big mistake a lot of people make. They try to take on these big, massive goals rather than breaking it down and taking it step by step. Um, you know, everybody can get overwhelmed. Like, you know, we can all do it, no matter what it is, no matter what job you do, no matter where you go in life. Um, and it's really important to just one step at a time. Uh, one bite at a time to tell you eat an elephant, isn't it? Like, yeah, <laughs> and that's thing. Well, Rob, you're obviously not uh, too shy of taking pictures with your kid off half the time. Um, so I, do I don't know if we've got... Here we go, this is, this is enough. <laughs> yeah. So, like, it's kind of, like, obviously, p- <laughs> people see this kind of stuff on social media, and, um, like, do people realise the work that's involved in this, or, or is it like, right, that guy's got, you know, a naturally quick metabolism, he's a young guy, he, he's basically professional, he can live in the gym every day, like, you know, like, tell people what it's like to, to consistently look like this while traveling, running your own business. It, it can't be easy. Oh, yeah, you know, well, it, it's simple. You just say if it was easy, then everyone would do it. You know, I, I, every personal trainer would, would do it. Like, but they can't and they, and they don't, so they won't. Um, but there's literally there's no off switch, really. Like, you, you have to keep in mind that not only is the gym, you know, your gym is literally, going to the gym is like, it's how you make a living. It's like, you've got to stay in shape. You've got to look good. So it's literally every hour of the day, at night and evening, what do you eat? You know, are you doing your work on your laptop? There's literally, there's no off switch. Um, I, I work on holidays. Um, there's literally no off switch. But I, I, with that said, I, I do love every minute of it. So, you know, people are always like, oh, you know, you work hard and all this. But I'm like, I don't know. You know, do I really? I'm like, because I, I love it. Um, so there is, again, two sides of the coin. Uh, it is non-stop, but once you find something you love to do, then like, you don't even have to second guess it, you just, just do it. So here's the tricky question. If I come to you, obviously not in as good shape as Rob next to me here, if I come to you and say, right, I love what I, I, love what I do, but maybe not as much as you, I don't have the same enthusiasm, I don't get paid for it, it's not my job. Yeah. Can I do that? Absolutely. So there's always kind of, I, I think someone was on before talking about you know, hacks and biohacking and way around it and fitting your plan around your lifestyle. And people actually, they don't notice about me, but I come from a 9-5 office background, you know? And I show people, people say, oh, I bet you wouldn't look like that if you worked a full-time job. And I'm like, oh, whip out my camera roll here. <laughs> and then I'm like, I was working nine to six, and at the same time, when I got home, I was trying to get my YouTube channel off the ground. So I'd be working until seven, so I have dinner with my family, then 7 p.m. to two in the, hour, two in the morning. I was packaging up orders, I was doing plans, I was making YouTube videos. Then on the weekend, I'd have to make four YouTube videos, and 
put them out over the week because it was too dark in Ireland by the time I got home from work. So that, I was literally just, that, that was a stage of my life where I was non-stop and I was still finding time an hour of the day to go to the gym and I was still, you know, finding, I was working my diet around my lifestyle. So there is a, there is a certain point where you're like, okay, you know, are, are you making How much do you want it? Yeah. Sure, how much do you want it? So I love when people say that to me. because I can tell you a lot. I can tell you a lot but when people <laughs> yeah. say that to you. Yeah, yeah, so, it's just yeah. like, let me tell you. I think I was more successful, successful in changing my body when I was working full time. Yeah. Like I had routine. Yeah, and that was really, routine, it was yeah. not easy. Like I was doing my course in the evening. I was... And a lot of people that were training with me, um, you know, they were like, oh, we're doing the course now. There's no time to train when you're working full time as well. But I just, I was there every morning at 5 a.m. I just was like, I knew I had to be my own advertisement. I knew I had to make it work and yeah. just and find a way. Even for people, obviously, it's, we're talking about advertisement this being as a business. For people who just want to change their body for, they found their why, they know why they want to change their body. The deep root of it for most people sitting here, I know most of the clients that I work with is, there's something, there's some reason they want to change their body or they want to transform, like that's what it's about, transformations, their diet or the way they eat. And generally at the root of it all is they want to be happier. You know, and that's like Stefan, surely with the, the clients you get, you know, they come to you in a similar position, they'll have nine to five jobs. They come and say, I want to look a certain way because it's going to increase my self-confidence. It's going to make me a better person to be around because I'm happier and it's going to help me lead a better lifestyle. Um, is that what you get most often? Yeah, you get that a lot. Like, you know, there's, there's a great book, it's called The Power of Why. Like, it makes people dig down and find out why they actually want to do something, what's the motivation behind trying to achieve a certain goal, whether it be fitness related, whether it be body composition, whether it be balance within their lifestyle, more time with the family, like, you know, make them happier, uh, make them you know, more relaxed, it'll make them better, successful in their life, this type of stuff, like, you know what I mean? Um, but, uh, yeah. And for people who are sitting in that want to know, like, they're seeking, or the name of the talk is transformations. Like, what, what does that mean to you? What is a transformation of someone's diet and someone's body? You know, transformation in a lot of people's minds and faces, it turns around, they're like, it's a transformation of my body. Yeah. It turned me into Rob, it's mainly what people come in and say to me, like, you know. Uh, but, uh, no, it's, it's more, for me, it's a transformation of your body. It can be, I move better, I feel better, I, my back's not as sore. That's a massive transformation for a lot of people. Like, they come in and they can live their day to day life a lot better. Like, so it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For me, it's about getting people to where they ultimately want to be and giving them the quickest route to get there. Right. And for Siobhan, is it something similar to you? What, what is if someone comes to you saying, look, I want to transform? Yeah. What are the things I think that I feel like I've at? gotten, you know, like getting into competition shape. You know, I've got, as lean as you got, I've got the abs. I've, and got, some, I've got some good pictures. The abs. Oh, do, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't ask oh her to put those on. So, yeah. Well, hang on. But, yeah, well, let's, let's, but put, put, put this into context for people who are sitting here now because okay. it's really easy to look at this. From working in the industry, they go, right, that's not achievable. So, like, I'm not giving you the objection to kind of, or the opportunity to gloat, but... Like, it's very important for people to see these things and know that it can be achieved. That's why I set up the Instagram. It was like, I was the normal girl working nine to five, out in the piss all weekend, and we've in the kids, gym all We've got kids in the front row watching. <clears throat> on the drink all weekend. And um, I just wanted to show that. And, you know, I did, I did more than everyone else. I, did, I put in the extra work. And, you know, I've, I got shredded and, you know, I was delighted with it, I had a great, and I always enjoyed every step of the way, but I just wanted, I always kind of try and show to people that, like, happiness isn't in having abs, you know, it's, it's about having the balanced lifestyle, so, um, you know, I, I feel good when I'm in good shape, and that's, you know, that's, it's, I'd rather, I try and show people, sorry, because you've mentioned transformation, so that, that's what I wanted to say, that you might see that kind of picture, and you can be miserable, you could get from there to there quite, quickly and easily, but they can be, it can be a miserable process. Yeah. You can be over or under eating and overtraining and 
you see the before and after on Facebook or on Instagram and you're like, right, sign me up. But um, I think there's so much more to it. You want that right, you want to enjoy the journey. So fitness should add to your lifestyle and not take away from it. Um, and I think that's what I try and get across to any of my clients or anyone, especially with my Instagram. I, I don't really show that many kind of before and afters anymore because... I had to dig for those. Yeah, God, that's their whole... Um, because I'm, I'm trying to put more behind it. Like, I, if I just put up that picture, like, yeah, you get, like, loads of likes. Everyone's like, whoa, yeah, sign me up. But I'm trying to say, okay, but I'm kind of... I want to empower people for long-term success, like, to show them how to add it into their lifestyle, not just do a six-week period where their life is over. And that's why it's important when you're talking about balance being the one thing, like... The balanced equation when it comes to fitness, it isn't exactly 50-50 in terms of enjoying yourself and then 50% training. Like, a balance could be 95-5. It doesn't have to be, you know, tipped on the scales. But when, when people look at that, the biggest problem a lot of people make is they see something like that and go, they look at the end product, right? They, they know what's involved. They might be training four or five times a week, eating a certain diet. But it's the daily actions that allow them to be happy throughout it. You talked about being, like, very miserable or you're constantly... Rob, you talked about... You, it'll show you did six months before every single action that you took that didn't match up with the goals, you felt guilty and you were anxious about it. That, that's surely not the way people should be living when they want to transform their body. Yeah, absolutely. So um, to talk about transformations, uh, I'm going to use the analogy of small favorite ones. And let's say you have two people, okay, the time in the biggest mountain in the world, the time in the huge mountain, okay, and one gets a helicopter to the top of the mountain, okay, and then the other puts them to work, does it all themselves, and they get to the top of the mountain. They're both at the top of the mountain, but who do you think learned more? Who do you think took something away from that journey? So it's kind of about the experience. Like, am, am I a different person if I have abs or not? You know, am I a different person if I have this one bank account or not my bank account? No, but it's about what you did to get there. And uh, so it's about what you take away from that journey. Uh, so I always say, no matter what you do, this is fitness, non-fitness, anything. It's about embracing the journey and what takeaway points you get from it. So with, like, you know, transforming your physique, with, you know, getting that discipline, getting that routine, that will fall into other aspects of your life. And uh, you'll learn so much from it. Uh, so it's really about the journey, yeah. And the guy who was at the top, like, oh, the helicopter has no chance of getting he's back down. I, I, I would imagine he's got no chance of getting down. But, like, that, that's something that it is important on social media for people to, like, it's great to hear you guys say these things that, you know, all that's involved and it's not happiness all the way. But you guys have learned from your experiences of doing shows, like, your goals for, for now are, like, they seem slightly less extreme, for lack of a better word. You're talking about being happy, but still being as lean yeah. as possible and still enjoying and like, yourself. I always say I really enjoyed my prep, and I was only just saying that backstage. Like, three weeks out, I'm, like, had my Indian, because I was really, like, I'd rather spend this evening in Portugal with my friends, eat my Indian, and I kept thinking that I wasn't going to step out on stage, because I was like, well, at least I really enjoyed my prep, and if maybe if the other girls, maybe they didn't... Anyway, but it went really well. But So I was never willing to kind of sacrifice happiness, even during my competition prep. Um, but it's more so it was afterwards, that was the tough part, when you're kind of watching yourself putting back on weight and kind of getting back to normal. Um, what did you learn from that? How, how like, did you go too far? Because that happens with a lot of people in terms of yo-yos. I think you said uh, on your website somewhere you were somebody who constantly struggled with weight growing up and you yeah, tried all the yeah. fad diets. So surely there's people sitting in the audience who, who've gone through a lot of fad diets. How difficult is the experience from having that really good sense of achievement to really slowly watching it creep back up? That must be a horrible yeah, and experience. And it's funny, it was like literally, it was like my brain was in two. Like, it's like I knew, I, I knew that like the competition shape was not sustainable and I had to put on a bit more weight. And, um, but I'd watch my body putting on weight and then I'd be like, oh, I'm so, like, it, I can now understand, you know, not, I don't want to go too deep into like eating disorders or anything like that, but I, I just mean I can understand how, what you look like and what you think you look like 
And then, but then I could see both. I, yeah. I was looking at myself going, oh my God, I feel so fat. I'm like, but you're not fat. So I don't know, it was, it's really hard to explain. And that's one thing I think it's not talked about enough for competitions. And I always said I'd be completely open about it. Really enjoyed the prep. I didn't struggle. But afterwards, watching myself putting back on weight, I couldn't enjoy being in good shape. I was in great yeah. shape all summer, traveling around, living the dream. And I like in Dubai, I was like, don't put any pictures of me up in a bikini. So yeah. that's why, I, I mean, if anyone, I don't really advise anyone to do, you know, to do bikini competitions unless they're like mentally strong. Yeah. Um, which I thought I was enough, but afterwards it's definitely a struggle. But it's that thing um, about the experience. If people, like if you do want to transform how you eat, like take it as food for the most basic thing. Experiment. Like try a vegan diet, try a plant-based diet, try different things. You'll know, A, if it worked for you, B, if you enjoy it, and then C, could I actually sustain this? Yeah, I would say if, if you can't do it, if you can't see yourself um, eating the way you are in a year from now, there's probably no point in doing it. Yeah, and Stefan, that, that's, I know that we, we, we met up before Christmas and you talked about that a lot. Yeah, like consistency is king. Like if you can't stick to any one thing, it's not going to be for you, it's not going to be long-term, it's not going to keep you in the results that you want to have. Like, you know, a lot of people that I work with, it's more about having the body, having the shape, having the physique, having the abilities that you want for life. You know? So you've got to make it fit your lifestyle. If you can do it for six or 10 weeks, you know, great. But same thing as when you're coming down off a comp prep, like you're not going to feel great the six weeks after that. Like, you know? that that's really why social media as well is such a, it's a powerful tool. It, it gets used incorrectly by a lot of people, especially some of the clients that come to us initially. They're like, look, I've seen, like, for example, I've seen these pictures, that's the way I want to look. But the thing about it is, people need to look at pictures like that and say, if it inspires someone in any way, like it mightn't be, right, that's not achievable for me, but look, he's got an unbelievable six-pack, I might do an extra five minutes of abs at the end of the session today. Like, that, that's the stuff for you guys, that surely, and for us as trainers, when you can put out good content, and like, Stefan, you talked about, um, you're delighted when you see people save your workouts on Instagram, because yeah. you're putting the content out, and you're knowing, right, two or three guys or girls... They're, they're they using this. extra to do at the end. They're going to do something else. Like it's got three or four people to move a little bit more. Like, and that's what's important for us. Like. Yeah, that's definitely what's important. It's empowering people. Yeah. That's my thing. I, like, I think that's what we all really And Siobhan, how would you recommend then for people like sitting in the audience? I don't think people realise how accessible you know, people are on Instagram and YouTube. Like, if people reach out to... Like, how should people reach out to fitness celebrities or influencers on this side of the, this side of the platform? But I like... Do you get people reaching out to you much, or what's the interaction yeah, like? Yeah, but the problem is, I think that you know, you get one message. You know, you see a picture like that, and someone's like, "Hi, can you tell me how to do this?" You know, okay. and it's really hard, to, obviously, to explain in one message. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but my best advice is always to invest in yourself. You know, that was the, the, the one time I finally made a change that stuck was when I decided I was doing sober November, and I invested all my money in getting a personal trainer to train me three times a week, um, and. But I mean, even because I was invested in it, I was more likely to stick to my nutrition plan. And then I saw the results, and you know, then it all just—I was like, right, I'll keep this up. Um, but I think that's the problem. Everyone's looking for this kind of secret answer, so they kind of think that they're going to find on Instagram, where there's so much information, and you need kind of you need it funneled down for you. So I mean, yeah, obviously there's loads. Of, there's so many. There's great workouts. There's great uh, meal ideas. So like, it's really good in that sense. But I think if you want, uh, a, I think you need a plan. You know, so um, we'll, we'll give you the opportunity to potentially start a bit of an argument here, get a bit controversial. Um, I'll, I'll start it just to make sure I'm, I'm not the one sitting on the fence. So Patrick was speaking beforehand, and he talked about intermittent fasting. Um, like he, he stressed with Patrick wherever you are. Let's we'll trash we'll trash this out afterwards. But uh, he talked about how intermittent fasting. This is the one thing that you should try right away. 
Like, I'm not a big believer in there's one thing. I just talked about it there. Find something that works for you. So is there one sort of fad or something out there, Rob, that you just think, no, people should, should not buy into this, and hopefully one of you guys believes it, and then we can start kind of pulling at each other. Um, what, 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 what is it for you? What, what do you hate seeing? Do this. This is the only thing you got to do. What, what do you hate seeing online? Yeah, well, I think it's so important to keep an open mind because with every approach, there's probably a pro to it, you know, where it wouldn't exist. You know, so maybe it may be a quote-unquote bad approach, but there's probably some good points to it that you can take away. Uh, I actually intermittent fast pretty much most days oh, myself. Or, or, uh, but I, I don't think that's the best way. I just think it's good for appetite control. Uh, maybe, you know, you feel a bit uh, more cognitive in the morning. You know, like once you eat loads, you go into a bit of a food coma. You feel sluggish. So, but then there's some people who love breakfast. They feel great after breakfast. Who, who am I to tell them they should intermittent fast, yeah. okay? So again, it's really, I don't follow one approach and I don't marry myself to one approach or you just come across biased and closed-minded. And being closed-minded is a terrible thing. So there's, there's not one thing in particular, but I, I do see a lot of people, and this is my biggest fitness, fitness mistake when I was learning about everything, is people, they look at the small stuff and they look at the big, they, then there's the stuff that matters, and I should get it backwards. They mm. worry so much about when do I have my post workout yeah. protein shake? When do I take this supplement? What are the magic foods that work? Instead of looking at how much they eat in the entire day, how much protein are they taking in? You know, spending your money on, on groceries instead of supplements. So people literally love to get obsessed with the small stuff because it, it's sexy and cool. You know, it sounds fancy. And people love, hey, I've got the new secret. I've got the Nitro Tech 6000 protein <laughs> shake that's going to blow your mind. So people love that because it sounds cool. But that pe- what doesn't sound cool is the important stuff like how many calories are you eating a day? How many times a week are you going to the gym? Are you progressing in your work? That's what all the diets come down to, really. It's, it's you know, it's yeah, controlling. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it's I'm delighted controlling. you said that because, like, do you think then, Rob, that people look at the small details that are kind of the more difficult ones, the timing, you know, the quality of sleep, all these kind of things. Do they look at those and really hang on to those because it gives them an easy way out? Is, is, that, what, is that what you see? Yeah, pe- people don't want to hear the truth, okay? People don't want to hear, hey, you're eating too much calories, right? <laughs> you know, people don't want to hear that. No like, problem. They're uh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, shut up and take some ownership. <laughs> but uh, they're like, oh, no, no, I need to cut out this one certain food group. Oh, it's the, it's the magic insulin that's making me fat. People don't want to hear the truth, okay? I think the females, yeah. the other way around. A lot of females, you're, they're like, what, what am I doing wrong? And I'm like, you're eating too little, and you're trying to tell them to eat more. And yeah. that's the hardest thing. Like, people know they should be eating less. Exactly, yeah. So people, but trying, um, to tell people, trying to tell women to eat more is a big struggle. Yeah, yeah. so people just, Love, they just they want, do want to ignore the, the yeah, they want to cling on to those sort of small like moving the big rocks first. Like, are you training five, three, four, five times a week, whatever your goal demands? Are you getting the right amount of sleep? Um, instead of clinging on to what the guys were talking about earlier with those really small details like the teas, green teas. Like, I'm not drinking enough green tea, that's why I'm, I'm overweight. People will happily spend 60 euro on a fat burner pill, but they won't keep a food diary. Yeah, that's so everyone loves yeah. It's like in our human nature to take the easy option. You know, it's like it's evolution to just survive and take the easy route, you know, but it's, it's actually oftentimes the hard option, the hard route is what you need to do. Focus on the big rocks. And then, for, Siobhan, for you, is there anything that you see out there that you're just, no, this, this, I hate seeing this online? Like, give me the stuff you don't like. Come I, on, I don't want the stuff you do like. That's the easy stuff. I, I hate the timing thing, sorry. Just, you don't the timing like, of food. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think exactly it's so... They look at the, the triangle. I always said, you know, the, the, the importance of things. Like, people are looking at the small bits at the top. I get messages all the time, you know, what's the best protein for fat loss? Um, 
So, you yeah, know, I, I, like the intermittent fast, anything like that, like I do that sometimes. I, I'm not hungry in the morning, it's like that. So, but that's only so that I can stick to my calorie intake for the day. There's no, ma- I, I don't think, for me, there's no magic behind intermittent fasting. It's just, it's adherence. And for me, adherence is, you know, what I find hard is, or trying to get through to people sometimes is that, you know, spending a lot of money on health food and clean foods and, I'm like, look, there's less calories in the Snickers. Just have the Snickers yeah. and you'll, you'll enjoy it more. And yeah. because the rest, well, you're having the rest of the day, you know, you're having 90% good food. Like if, this, if 200 calories is like 10% to what you're eating today. This is good. This is very, this is very controversial. Because no, no, Especially if it makes you more adherent yeah, in the adherent, long run. Adherence so people something. are looking at the short term, yep. but they're not looking at the long term. You know, so there's actual research to show that flexible dieting versus rigid dieting is more successful in the long term. People lose more weight by allowing themselves to eat something they love every single day. Whereas people rebound on rigid dieting. It's about learning and understanding food. That's it. People are like, oh, I can eat loads of this because it's clean. And, you know, or they'd be like, oh, I made a protein bar. And I'm like, what did you put in it? And they'd be like... Like, it all adds up quite like, quickly. Honest, yeah. You should have just went out and bought a Snickers. It would well, be easier. Well, that, that's what comes from experience and from trying these things. But I think what's interesting is, like, I have the view that, and it, it'd be great if, if more people believe this, especially in Ireland at the minute, that there's no such thing as good foods or bad foods. Like, they're just different ways to nourish your body. They're different types of fuel. And, like, definitely in Ireland, we've got too much of a stigma to, I'll eat that Mars bar, and then you have all the negative connotations that go with it. It makes you feel guilty. It makes you feel that. It's just a Mars bar, you know. But it's all yeah, in context. It, it, all it's, it's all in context. It's what you're doing the rest of the time. And I think it, at Christmas is the best time. This is, this is why this is such a good time to have this conversation. Everybody worries about what they do over Christmas, the two weeks or whatever it is. That It's not those two weeks that you need to be worried about and feel guilty and feel anxious about what you've done. What did you do the other 50 weeks of the year? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, what, that's where the differences are made. And I saw something when Joel mentioned the Mars bar, your eyebrows perked up, you were, you were keen to get going or something. It's the basics that work, and like, as long, like if we're talking about getting a bit leaner and stuff, like it's always calorie deficit that matters. Like, you know, so like as long as you hit your protein, you're in your calorie, calorie deficit, you'll be losing body fat. Like, you know, there's no magical formula to that. Like, you know, we're not keeping any deep dark secrets here. Like, uh, the quality of your food matters. All this type of stuff. Like, we probably all different, slight different things. Like, you know, I like to eat throughout the day for myself because it suits me better. Same thing as what the guys are talking about here. Like, you know, intermittent fasting suits Rob better. It's, you know, it's better for him in the mornings, he feels more focused with it, that's great. I don't get up and have something to eat, I'm gone for a couple yeah. of hours. Like, it just no, I'm a nighttime eater. Like, I just prefer to have, you know, the calories left at the end of the day than in the morning. Or it depends, if I'm training in the morning, I'll eat. I'm not too strict on it. And, and if, like, obviously you're talking about huge experience, Stefan, with A, your clients, and B, yourself, because your, your body work, you're experimenting with yourself all the time to, yeah, to like have I, your clients. I, I try all different types of diets. I try everything. I won't give, get anybody to do anything I haven't tried to do myself, first of all. Like, because um, I don't believe in that. I don't think you can experience it. I don't, I don't think you can relate to somebody without having experienced it first. Like, you know, so you have to try that all yourself. Um, you know, when Siobhan's talking about people making their own protein balls and stuff like that, and eating you know, clean foods and stuff, there's still massive calories in the things that they're putting together. Like, and this is what people need to realize. Like, you know, I think that's where the comparison about having a healthy snack or you know, something else versus a Snickers bar is a little bit... You know, if it's going to give you more of that enjoyment, it's going to make you, your adherence to the diet a little bit better, then, then you can do it as long as everything else is in, bal- in balance. And this is what we talked about, Rory. Like, it all has to fit in with your lifestyle. Like, you know, it has to fit with your life. Um, and therefore, if you're putting a plan together for yourself or for somebody else, you should plan out these different times where you can 
have a little bit more flexibility and stuff. But it, again, it depends on your goal. If you're strict that you want to get down to 9%, or you know, if you just want to be that little bit leaner, like they're different plans, they're different goals, like they're not exactly the same thing. I think a lot of people sit around, and a lot of trainers are doing that at the moment, and they're trying to treat their clients like athletes. Everybody's not an athlete. They don't train like athletes, they don't work like athletes. They don't have the same ethos, training ethos that athletes have. They're people, we have lives, you know. So it's got to fit in with that. Well, and what people need to understand as well is the more that you want, so you want to get to your 6% body fat, the more you ultimately have to give up. Exactly. And, and I think if people can sort of sit down and find the balance of, right, like you're talking about Siobhan, being happy, what am I happy to, to see my lifestyle like every day? What am I happy to picture my day getting up? Am I happy to get up at 5 in the morning and have a small meal? No, probably not. Okay, well then, you've got to work out in the continuum, ultimately what type of results can I get? And that's when we're talking about setting resolutions and setting them fresh instead of like the same year, every year we all do the same thing, I want to lose X or whatever. We can sit down and actually look and go, right, I'm willing to give up this, live this certain lifestyle, this is what I should expect. It's taking ownership of your decisions. You know, like I decided over Christmas I'm going to eat whatever I want. I knew, like, goodbye, Abs, see you next I year. I saw you getting a lot um, of stick on uh, social media for that, actually. I saw some funny comments coming in on your... Which one was this? <laughs> I can't remember. I saw you screenshotting a couple and people are coming at you, giving out that you're drinking um, all the time and all that stuff. So. Oh, yeah. Well, that was... Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, I, so I decide, okay, like, if I'm going to, you know, eat whatever I want this weekend, I know it'll mean... <laughs> It depends where I want. Like if I'm happy with where I am, I'm like, okay, I might just maintain, so I'll have two days off and then I'll get back on it. You know, it's just owning the decision. It's not me eating crap all Christmas, or rubbish all Christmas, and then now going, oh, you know, with what? You know, it's taking ownership of, and it's education. It comes down to everyone understanding what's going on. So if people know that they're going to eat this, they're going to look like this, that's fine. Like, you make that decision, my happiness is like, more important that week yeah. now I'm like on you know strict at it until today and all the treats yeah, with a lot of, they're all healthy treats though, but they add up again. But, but that's what you're talking about, it's that expectation. People need to understand their expectation of what they're willing to put in and what they should expect out of it. You can't be willing to train just three times a week and eat whatever you want and have a six pack. Like people need to understand that and that's where probably reaching out to people online, fitness professionals, contacting them, obviously not with huge long questions, but like you can get snippets of advice from all the resources that are available. Ireland's definitely becoming better at that. There's a better fitness community building events like this. Online. Everything we know, every, all the information is out there it's, I suppose it's just trying to having a filter to yeah, know what, what applies to, to you what applies. but it's getting into that information and talking to these people as well like I know the guys love it as well as I do like I got into a big conversation with somebody who sent me a message yesterday they sent me an innocuous message that was like I love your post um, it's both motivating and uh, now I feel bad because I have to go and do stuff like, you know what I mean <laughs> which I kind of took the good with the bad there but like, we lo- like it's great when somebody gets in and then we, I start talking to that person about their, their resolutions for this year and you know, they were talking to me about how they poor motivation and stuff like that. And we got into a bit of a conversation and it was nice, it was great. I loved that. Like because that's ultimately what we're there to do is try and help people. Help yeah. them feel better, have a better life, you know, accomplish what they want to do. And that's kind of what Alison was talking about earlier It's like one of the powerful phrases. Positive self talk, taking ownership of what you do. And the biggest thing with that is when people go through these experiences, there's mistakes and there's learning. So I'm a big fan of everybody knows John Gregor's coach. You actually know Conor McGregor very well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're best friends. Yeah. Uh, but what he talks about in his book, I'll just read this is one of my favorite quotes from it because I think it really applies to everybody that's sitting here is to be excited about losses. If you're not losing in the gym, you're probably being too sick. You have to experience loss in order to grow. So, like, his book, Win or Learn, like, we make these mistakes and then we have to learn from them. So, like, this is the stuff that people really want to know. You kind of touched briefly, you were a bit closed minded at the start, but, like, if you could. Is that 
What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in your diet and fitness journey? In my diet and fitness journey, it would, again, you know, what, what I was talking about earlier, I was worrying about the small stuff. To give you an example, I used to sleep with a protein shake beside my bed. So this, I'd have an alarm in the morning, be like, drink your protein shake right now. Because I thought you had to have, like, protein the second you woke up or your muscles would go catabolic and fall off. Now I don't even eat breakfast. You know, so, like, it, it, it's, it was literally just things like that. And I was getting so worked up about my, my freaking protein shake in the morning or, like, I was worrying about, you know, just... It's, Certain foods, oh, I need to have the cottage cheese before bed because it's slow digesting and all this. So it would actually be timing for me. And I was literally a slave to the clock and making my life miserable. Yeah, yeah making things harder for myself, you know, yeah. like unnecessarily difficult. Um, so it would probably be that, yeah. Uh, worrying about Gla- worrying about the glass of water next to the bed might probably be a little bit better for us. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do up there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Nice, nice, nice and your your biggest mistake so far in health oh and fitness? God. I've done I've done every diet under the sun. I didn't know. Like, you know, in school I wanted to lose weight. What did I know? Nothing. So the special K diet. G- give people an idea of yeah. Give give people an idea of the type of diet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love cereal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did special K diet. I did Weight Watchers. I did, and I understand you know the ethos behind everything. There's demographics these things will yeah, work and for. and they will work yeah. for some people if they're done correctly and healthily, uh, but I didn't, you know, I just, I, I did Weight Watchers, I did Clean 9 Detox, you know, those nine days, you shred all your weight. Um, I've just, like, and so I think, what else did I do? I don't know, did Paleo, and I was delighted, I was like, you know, I can eat as much peanut butter as I wanted, but I couldn't have almond butter, because it wasn't Paleo. Oh no, it was the other way around, it was the other way around, almond butter was there. <laughs> And the thing is, I understand why people do that, but it wasn't, like, I was trying to do it to lose weight. And when I figured out a way to change my body that I actually was able to do it enjoyable, which was, you know, training for hypertrophy and looking at macros, everything just came together. And I finally was the thing I was able to do long term. But I made a lot of mistakes before that. Yeah. And then, Stefan, for you, it would be interesting to get maybe a mistake that not only you've made personally, but something, a mistake you've made with a client. If you've got, like, one big... I know I have tons, tons of regrets from working with clients over the years. Have you got one big regret that you've, you've something done with a client? Yeah, probably in the early years, I did it a lot with myself. And then what I tried to do was do what I was doing with clients as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it wasn't fitting with what they were doing. That was a learning curve for yeah. me. Like, um, and then, again, in the early days, when you were getting clients to you'd give them this big plan and you'd get them on everything and they, this is this is the nutrition plan for you and this is the training plan for you when they hadn't even been in the gym that much. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's a step-by-step process. Get them into the gym, do one thing. You know, a couple more days in the gym, then we start with this nutritional habit and create more habits as opposed to just trying to jump in and do everything at once. You know, when you train for two or three days in the gym, you're not going to automatically become an Olympic weightlifter next week. Like, you know, it just doesn't happen. Like, so why would we try and do that with clients? Like, so if that was the main psychological sort of tip you could give, obviously a huge field, we're not going to be able to get into it too much, but would it be habits to build sustainable habits opposed to big changes? Yeah, like if I give you a nutritional plan, like let's, let's just go into something like carb cycling, so I give you a two-day plan, cycle on, on and off your carbs, that's great. Are you going to do that for the rest of your life? Absolutely not. Like, so if you can build small nutritional habits and these just become the way that you eat and the way that you do things. Give us an example of you for people who are thinking, who want a big change. Give us an example of if you're sitting down with a client now who comes in, maybe not hugely over weight but wants to drop body fat what would be the first couple of habits that you try and instill with someone yep rob touched on it earlier on like it's create a food diary you know people don't actually realize what they're putting in their mouth first of all like you know i eat pretty well i don't eat that much write it down the end of the week when they come back to you with a food diary the first thing they say to you is 
I didn't realise how much stuff I was eating. Or, or even how little I was eating. So yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Like, like lads would come to me and they were like, oh, I want to put on size. And they'll eat loads one day and then the next day they'll feel full and they just won't eat anything. So it literally goes both ways. And, and yeah, women with protein as well. Women with protein as well. Um, so it's literally like, and it, unless you've never kept a food diary, asking someone how much they eat is like saying, hey, how long is a piece of string? You've nothing to go on. And like, I, now, again, open mind to everything. I know some people hate keeping a food diary, okay? Some people tracking their calories and macros stresses them out. Cool, okay, how do we work around this? Just keep a food diary for a week, and then you know what foods look like, okay? Yeah. So do it for one week, and then after that, you can gauge how much you're actually taking in. So you can actually answer the how long to be straight, you know? Yeah. So literally just do it for a short period of time. What gets measured gets managed. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and it's like in your finances, it's like you, some people, they just never want to check their bank account. It's like after a heavy weekend, they're like, oh, I don't want to look at my bank account. And those people are usually bad with their finances. And that's very, uh, very similar to your diet. That's a great, that's a great way of looking at it. And that's the thing, it's, it's comes from that experience. So people who are t- sitting now looking, right, I want to transform my diet. So we've talked about like the psychology, build habits that you can sustain and you can maintain with the diet, focus on sort of the big rocks, get the big things in place first and figure out what works for you. What would be the one thing then, Siobhan, in terms of training? Uh, like we've all got very different opinions on training. Like what's the one thing that you would recommend to people to go right now if they're, if they're not training regularly in a gym what should they start doing? Well, obviously depend, completely depends on goals um, but I think most people come to me when they're like want to change their body composition you know they look at those pictures like how do I do that um, and the biggest change for me was to just start training for hypertrophy which means to build muscle um, you know a lot of people are like yeah I do squats and I do this but I say like okay if you're doing 100 squats um, you know you need to kind of be in the 8 to 12 rep range it needs to be heavy it needs to be with good form and really, like, you need instruction on it. Um, That's what scares it, people. You see, you saying now, even yeah. there, I can see some people, I won't point to you specifically, but they're kind of going hypertrophy, 8 to 12 reps, or switching off. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it's a science. It's not, it's not as simple for people to just go and in and go... The easy thing is to go in and squat light and to, you know, take some pictures and leave. Um, it's when you go in, you're lifting heavy. You need yeah, to I was just about to say, yeah. <laughs> Exhibit A. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can do that, yeah. Like, you, you can get to that point where you don't even need to. Um, yeah, no, so I think, especially for women, I'm like, just get in, get a proper program. Don't waste, a lot of people join a gym in January and waste a couple of months trying things out and will eventually, you know, maybe in March, get a personal trainer. Um, I think just do it from the start. Have a set plan. You'll save yourself time and money in the long run. And commit to that strength training program. Yeah, so, like, I did, again, I did it all. I used to run 10K every morning. I was trying to keep an, I used to, and then I went like completely the opposite way. And I was like, I hate running, and then I decided to keep an open mind. I started running the last few days, and I, yeah. I hate it again. When you hurt, um, when you were, you were limping around backstage, so you obviously don't run that often because your foot's broken after yeah. a yeah. jog. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, like I used to just think, you know, you had to just move and move and do, you know, a lot of cardio for changing your body, and then I cut cardio, never trained abs, and managed to completely, you know, shrink and be get abs. And I'll give sort of the last thing, Rob, before we move on to a couple of questions. Um, with training then, people are coming in saying, right, I want to have a physique like you. I want to, like most guys that come to us say, all right, I want to look shredded. This is the truth now. They, they sort of say, I want to move better. I want to feel better. But when you eventually cut down to the core, I want to be shredded and I want to be, still be big. Yeah. Like that, that's what guys want. And that's kind of what, what it's coming down to in our society now is they want to build muscle mass and be as lean as possible. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that goal, yeah. but at least they're honest with it. So on the cardio side of things, if they're committing to strength training, 
the rep range will depend on a goal of course what type of weights they're lifting but what would be your sort of key advice for somebody who just wants to start to shred a bit of body fat cardio wise yeah uh, so funny, funny you say cardio wise my, my actual first piece of advice is to prioritize weightlifting. Um, so when you're cutting down obviously you're in a calorie deficit you're in a catabolic state so you may lose muscle so you need to give your muscle a reason to stay there uh, so you want to if you're benching or squatting 100 kg at the start of your cut you ideally want to be benching and squatting 100 kg at the end of your cut okay uh, along with you know your protein intake but we're talking more training here so I'd actually say to prioritize cardio or prioritize weight training Prioritize the enjoyable stuff yeah. as well, like it's, you know, it's more enjoyable. Yeah. Prioritize your weight training as that is what is going to maintain your muscle mass to give you that look of having muscle and having a low body fat percentage. So kind of let the diet and calorie deficit, uh, you know, lose your body fat and then make the weight training uh, provide a stimulus for your muscle to stick around. And with some beginners actually, if you're new to a weight training program, you can actually build muscle while being in calorie deficit. So, so many people go into the gym and instead of training, they exercise, okay? They go in, they go through the motions, they lift the same weight every time uh, and they, there's no actual progression. But if you go in and actually train and you say to yourself, guys, I want to hit this number, even if it's just putting a one kg plate on each side of the bar, you hardly even notice that, but over a couple of weeks, that really adds up. up. So if you're a beginner or even intermediate, you can add weight to the bar and actually build a little bit of muscle while losing body fat on a cut. So again, it all really comes back to weight training. Uh, it's, you know, it's been around for hundreds of years. It's so proven. Um, there's a reason the top athletes in the world all lift weights. And then, of course, if you want to expend more energy, then uh, some cardio can be added in. Okay, so there we have it. That's the, the bulk of the talk. Um, just a good time to mention while we're coming back to myself and Rudds that if you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you leave us a review. It helps boost our rankings, Rudds. So it'll be nice to keep bumping us up. We're in the top top 40 health podcasts in Ireland at the minute. Fantastic. Yeah, it's nice considering I could not find us for love nor money for the first five or six weeks. It's just like we didn't even exist. So please keep the reviews coming, uh, subscribe, and tell all your mates about it. Tell them, tell them how great the podcast is. Um, so, Rudds, uh, big things you took away from that? So, I, when I was listening to it, I tried to take down um, a load of notes and take the key points out of it, the things that really stuck out in my head. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me was Siobhan talked about putting your happiness first. Um, I thought it was a really good point and it mirrored what Ben spoke about when he came to the gym he said exactly the same point so um, I think that that really is important in terms of like what you're doing should be making you happy it should be something that you enjoy yeah because she was talking about um, with her prep coming up to bodybuilding competitions Rob Rob did a bodybuilding competition as well um, and they talked about how like you can be in great shape you can maybe get exactly what you wanted at the very start of, of trying to change your body or trying to get to where you want to be, but that might ultimately make you happy. And that's something that, uh, you know, might not sound like the most motivating thing to a lot of people, but that's why it's important to, to try and achieve these things with your body. If you, if you, if you're getting the results over a long period of time, you'll find a point that you're happy at. Whereas if you do things very quickly with sort of crash diets and fad diets and looking for the quick fix, you go from, unhappy in the current state that you're in to having exactly what you wanted but still being unhappy whereas if you did it over a longer state and have something a bit more sustainable there might have been a point that about 80 90 95 percent of the way there that you were quite happy and you could maintain that lifestyle balance so i thought that was really important to to hear her talking about because she mentioned throughout and and does personally that uh 
when you when she started to regress slightly, which is always going to happen. You can't stay in show shape all the time. Like that's why even rugby players, when they have an off season, there's there's a bit more flexibility in their their training regime and their eating. You can't stay in that shape all the time. And she found it psychologically quite difficult to to like. I think she said pile the pounds back on or whatever it was, but she, she found that very difficult. Um, so it's kind of I just thought it was a really interesting one and about people if they do it the right way, they'll know what level they're happy at with the the balance of their lifestyle and also with what they see in the mirror. And I think that kind of ties into two, two of our other points that I found were interesting that I've got down here. One of them was um, if you can't see if you can't see yourself doing it in a year's time, then it, maybe it's not the approach for you. So, like you said, not maybe not looking at quick fixes, making it more of a long term approach. And the other uh, point that she made was um, having fitness add to your life instead of taking away from it. Huge, like that. That's that's the biggest thing. Like. I'm getting questions from a lot of people that listen to the podcast um, when we're asking about topics they want us to speak about and they're saying they'd love to know about, say, time management skills and they're kind of asking us how we play rugby, how we have other hobbies like golf, how we have time to, you know, work and fit, fit all these things in. For me, it's very simple. I only take on extra little things like that that add to my life, that that add value to me in some way and that make me happier. I don't do any of the bullshit that, detracts from it and affects my happiness so it might seem like i'm doing loads of little things but i'm really just prioritizing the things that make me happy i get my work done because it makes me happy because it means i can lead a lifestyle i want to live when there's money in the bank and i'm seeing my clients every day and i'm happy in what i do that's that's the first big one and i make time for my family and then have my hobbies the gym everything else they're things that make me happier whereas some people exercise is a chore and it's something that they don't really enjoy doing now if you want to have a six pack or be very low body fat, you're going to have to probably experiment to find ways that you really do like your exercise. Um, it's one of those things where people just, they need to play around with it and find out what they actually like, what they can maintain in a year's time um, and see what adds value in terms of their happiness. Um, you probably see it a lot with your clients that you're coaching online from the nutrition point of view and with clients that you see in the gym training. It seems like such common sense, but it makes perfect sense. And, the analogy I'd give is if you're trying to be uh, a really good sports player, if you're miserable all the time going to play your sport, you're not going to be really, really good at it. Yeah. Whereas if you enjoy it, so if you enjoy your golf or if you enjoy your rugby and you're going out with a smile on your face and you can't wait to do it, you might not enjoy every single moment of what it takes to prepare for a match, but you should enjoy what you do. And when you enjoy what you do, you're in a better state to go and perform. So why is exercise, why is nutrition any different? You should be happy and enjoying it. Um, because that's what's going to get the best out of you in terms of performance wise and that's where try things we talked a lot in the last podcast about we're talking about fat loss and listening to your body like try things like try high intensity interval training try lifting weights but but try them for a couple of weeks don't just try it once do a hit session do a mechan and go I feel terrible <laughs> that's not for me try it a few more times try build a base in it see what you think of it and then you'll have an idea if it's for you or not don't just do something once get your body shocked and then walk away from it it's very hard to know if it's something that is going to add to your life in the long run absolutely and that goes back to that point about doing it for more than a year like you said give it enough time to do it i heard an awesome quote on the weekend from the i was watching this program called hard knocks yeah uh, great show unbelievable what, a, what show. series uh, the new one with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have not seen any of that, so I'm going straight home to watch that. It's amazing. But on the wall, they have a quote, and I put it up on my Instagram yesterday, and it's uh, their quote is, the road to success is continually under construction. So that thing of like taking a more long-term approach, and 
being fully accepting that the work never really stops so you've got to enjoy the work exactly if it's never going to stop exactly yeah um another kind of key to- to take home point that i got from it was rob where he talked about training instead of exercising i thought that was a really good amen brother <laughs> i thought that was a really really good point so in terms of going in and having a purpose in the gym and like trying to get stronger, trying to feel better in a movement, trying to have one more round, whatever it is, something where you're going in and you're trying to get better and you're also doing it where you've got a purpose, you've got a session written out and you're going in and you're ticking each of them off um, and you can kind of see a long-term progression into it, in it as opposed to just going in and maybe doing what you feel like or having no plan and drifting through a session. Well, you talked about that in the last episode of the podcast as well, where you said you're probably doing less training now yeah. than you have done in the past. I, again, I got a couple of questions about that on Instagram and stuff. People just asking me what types of stuff you're doing differently. I'm sure if they follow on your Instagram, they'll see the types of training that you're doing. But in terms of the, the simplicity of it, you're just you're going in, it's either written on the board or it's on your laptop or in your diary, and you just do exactly what's written down for 45 minutes to an yeah. hour uh, and then you leave but for in that 45 minutes to an hour th- there's no there's no faffing about it's just focused um, but that's where it's enjoyable because there's less time for distractions there's less time for negative thoughts to creep in that's the biggest one for me I, like I love training with the lads and I just love love getting in together and it being good fun um, but what happens is if I get distracted and start talking too much which I'm gu- guilty on the talking front but if that does happen I just have time to start thinking of oh my legs are killing me I don't really want to do this anymore. Whereas if I'm just focused, if I can just shut up for 45 minutes to an hour, I'll have a really good session. I'll still have fun, but I'm on the clock and everything everything gets done. I don't have time to, oh, I feel a bit sick. I don't really want to keep going. I just get it done. So like that's training, not going in and exercising without a purpose. Absolutely. And then kind of the other take on point, which links, links into that was where everyone was talking about looking at the big rocks instead of the small ones and that will help you to filter through all the information out there so they're all saying that there's so much information out there most of us know what we should be doing for the most part and there's so much information but it's so easy to get caught up in loads of different small things so rob talked about waking up with an alarm to drink his protein shake right next to his bed uh, but now as I'm he, guilty of doing that <laughs> once or twice <laughs> and in, in his younger days but now he's older and he's wiser and he knows what the big rocks are what the really important things to focus on he now doesn't necessarily eat breakfast straight away sometimes he waits a while and then eats it so you look at that from a big change from where he was before um, I thought it was really interesting where all the experts on the panel talked about that where they said like if you can use the big rocks to filter any information that comes in because i think that's very important there's so much information out there it's too much it's 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 too easily accessible and it's not to say the information out there is is bad but like anything if there's something being posted about or there's a blog on why this is a really good training methodology or why this is a really good diet some of it's going to have to be good but the problem is so much of it conflicts with everything else that's out there people go right i'm gonna look up the best ways to train this january they see 10 programs that say this is the best way to train they get confused their application to that one program might not be as good because it doesn't go well for a week or two for them for whatever reason they could be coming from the couch to trying to do too much too quickly and they'll go oh i tried that um that metabolic condition stuff it didn't work it's not the best way to do it but and and then because they've seen another program that's that's supposed to be the other best thing online, they go and do that straight away. Instead instead of like you're saying, giving it time and buying into it. So it's a bit of a shame that 
people get uh, there's too much conflicting information and it's very hard for people to when something doesn't go really well right away it's very hard for them to stay with that one plan because there's another really good plan available at the literally at the click of yeah. a mouse and like for with that filtering using the big rocks to filter through i'll give you a really good example for the people who are out there to use with exercise there's a coach called dan john his stuff's brilliant just reading one of his books at the moment called can you go and what he talks about is there's so many programs out there and loads of them work but the reason most of them work is they have some sort of squat in them some sort of hinge in them some sort of push some sort of pull some sort of lunge some sort of carry and then some loads of other stuff but as long so for myself when i'm doing a program if you talked about for me stripping back my exercise i just make sure that i do my two olympic lifting sessions a week um, and then i do two total body sessions that have some sort of squat some sort of hinge some sort of pull some sort of lunge and uh, some sort of push some sort of carry that's it and I don't, don't and then that for me it helps me say for instance you come to me with a new exercise I'm not like worrying about it too much in the detail I'm going oh that could be a good push option and I yeah, just put it, it in it instead of push that model yeah so I'm using those big rocks to filter through so anything people come to me now with I can look through that filter and go well if it's in there that if it doesn't then I don't need that for yeah. now I can just focus on these big things yeah no that's exactly what I'm looking at I think you were a bit disappointed you were quite excited to hear, I was. hear the helicopter analogy yeah. yeah so the one part the sound went down I was getting really apart from the kicking in the background which was incredibly annoying but it was okay in the end yeah the main part that I was a little disappointed the sound went down was when Rob was given the helicopter analogy I didn't sleep too great last night because I was thinking about what ways you could, uh, what, what, how a helicopter could apply to fitness. So um, I'd love it if you could give us an insight into what that was about. Yeah, that, that was really, that was a really good point. He was kind of saying, like I was saying a few minutes ago, um, about the guy who's climbing a mountain versus the guy who gets a helicopter all the way to the top, um, and you know his results are sort of handed to him or they happen very quickly through a non-sustainable way, and he liked it to somebody who inherits a lot of money instead of has to work hard for it. They're far less likely to keep it because they don't understand what's involved. But he talked about the guy who he he climbs up the mountain, he builds his skills, he builds up his repertoire of exercise, he, he's got his eating habits down, he knows how to do it, and then when he's at the top, he's far more likely to stay there. Um, and if he has to get down he's able to make his way back down whereas the guy who gets dropped up on the helicopter he's got no chance he's stuck there um but it was interesting because he talked as well i know he's talked with people who with finances he mentioned a quote on um people aren't good at finances they don't really want the information when he talked about the food diary they don't check it as well it's one of those things where sometimes you can stumble across good luck like people can get lucky and you can do certain things where for example we've got um a couple of clients that went on a ski trip uh Two of them came back. One of them lost a load of weight, right? And he's like, it was great. It was, you know, I enjoyed myself, lost a load of weight. But how? You did it because you weren't eating food. You were probably drinking way too much. And you didn't lose weight in a healthy way. But so people often, things like that, they get lucky. That's just a small example. But it's not, they're lucky and unlucky at the same time. But he talks about that is when you've done it the right way, you know how you got there and you know what was involved to stay there. Um, So you can sleep pretty easy. I think you, you know most of that already I do no that, that was good I like that I, I didn't come to that conclusion with uh, some of my theories on the helicopter so it's good to have that down now very good well look guys we, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast we hope you enjoyed the talk um, we've got all the uh, all the kind of books and everything that were mentioned will be in the show notes and we hope to catch you next time